Welcome to the Catholic Single Mothers Podcast. We're a vibrant faith-based community called Momentum for Single Mothers. During our time together, we'll hear stories and messages of hope. If you're a single mother and want to learn more about our retreats, meetings, and activities, please visit MomentumMothers.org. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to another Momentum Podcast. My name is Rose. Today I'll be interviewing Alice about a complex subject, healing past hurts. Alice is a 39-year-old mother of a beautiful five-year-old daughter. She's a teacher and has been part of Momentum for the last five years. We will explore the power of forgiveness, self-compassion, and God's unwavering love as a catalyst for personal growth and liberation. Hi, Alice. Hi, Roseanne. Welcome to Momentum. Welcome to this podcast. So thank you for saying yes. Thank you. Um, so um, you've lived with this subject and been exploring it over the last few years since your daughter's birth. Um, I think what I've seen from you is such a resilient spirit that has helped you overcome many trying situations. And it seems to me that you always put in the hard work to find healing. Um, do you feel like telling me a little bit about your experience growing up? Uh, <clears throat> well, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. So uh, yeah, I grew up, uh, we are five siblings, and we grew up, um, let's say, in a Catholic family. But my parents divorced when I was uh, about five or six, and um, that's when my mom started to go back to church and uh, found, uh, I think she found strength in uh, in church and the community and in faith, because she was also a single mother of five kids. Uh, my dad is um, alcoholic, and um, he had a... A hard childhood too and uh, the first years were well what I remember <laughs> there was a lot of uh, difficulty like violence in the house and uh, I think it brought some some trauma in my in my life uh, which is um, the beginning and then we lived with my mom and uh, it was more peaceful of course, with my parents, divorce was more peaceful. Uh, but I think we still carried a lot of uh, of baggage. But it was it was a happy childhood overall. I have a good mother, and she instilled me faith, which is I think the biggest gift she gave me. So, um, are are there things now in your thirty nine years that you still hold onto from? those past experiences that you've brought into into your choices and into your life? Um, yeah, I think definitely it shapes... Uh, I, I don't know if you can clarify the question. Sure. <laughs> I, I was thinking, like, maybe what has been the fruit maybe of holding on to some of the pain and um, like, what does that injury do to you? I'm thinking of, of things that maybe we've talked in the past. I know for myself as well, um, impatience and, and maybe frustrations, anger. Um. 
Yeah, there was a connection. Yeah, I think <laughs> now that you mention it, uh, there was a lot of ang anger. And sometimes I didn't know where it came from. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, I think also it was just hard for me to make sense of the story. Um, I found that I was carrying everything on my shoulders, like all the family's problems. I felt like I would have to carry them. And sometimes it seemed pretty heavy. Do, do you consider um, yourself, you were, I guess, it sounds like you're very sensitive and you took on a lot of the, uh, of your siblings' injuries or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, but I don't think it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I did that. Yeah. yeah so, so with with the wounded heart, um how did it affect your life and your choices? And Well, as a teenager, <laughs> I was a uh, pretty uh, rebel. I started to uh, attend a lot of punk, punk rock and uh, shows, you know, and people there would... There's a lot of drugs, you know. Uh, well, not hard drugs, but um, pot. Went to parties a lot. I started early, like 13 years old. Mm. I was drinking, smoking. <laughs> and I was the daughter of... My mom was a catechist at church, so I was kind of divided um, between who I was. I think I was a good girl, but I was, I was partying a lot. And I was looking for love, I think. I was looking for real love and friends and shows, parties, but I couldn't find anything. And um, and one event happened to me, I was 17, and I went to visit the, the Pope. Well, it was in uh, Toronto, and I had a strong experience with the uh, Holy Spirit. Just, uh, we were waiting for the Pope in the crowd, and yeah, I got a, I got a, I think I received the Holy Spirit, started to cry, and uh, that was a very strong encounter for me, which changed my life. And I started to attend church, and uh, yeah. So you, you had the roots of a positive experience in your family. You said growing up with, um, with, with your mom's faithfulness, and, and I guess that spark of, of meeting the Pope called out something in you that was maybe waiting to be called forth. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. I and, and from that point, was there a change in, in your... Yeah, I started to... Actually, I joined another youth group called Challenge, and I attended retreats. I started to go to Mass every Sunday. Um, I was just looking for... Christ, I think. I, I don't I was looking for this fellowship to yeah. this friendship. Um, and I found real friendships in the church. Yeah, definitely. More mm -hmm. than, you know, I think it, it kind of showed me uh, real love 
and real uh, friendship. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I know we've mentioned um, before you're talking about the Holy Spirit revealing like now areas of, of pain in your life and and how does that happen for you? Like, well, I, I guess maybe we should we missed a part maybe because obviously at some point you became a, a single mom and uh, going right right to the point. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 from that that seventeen year old. Um, well, I believe that, you know, yeah, I had this first encounter with, with God and it was the first, let's say, it was uh, the crux in my armor. armor. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect, yeah. It was like a starting to crack, but it wasn't, it was just, I mean, that, there was still a lot of pain, I think, from the... From your past. Yeah, yeah. from the past. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know what. And yeah, I think um, I did go to church and I was outwardly very religious. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in my life, I would not live according to what I really wanted. Mm. I was sleeping around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was... Um, I wasn't really knowing what I was doing. I think it was just another quest for love, looking for love in the wrong place. Yeah. Just like the song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I met this guy <clears throat> and things went very fast with him. But I wasn't feeling good in that relationship from the beginning. Mm. And it was abusive. And um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I was 32 when I got pregnant and um, I I was basically, um, I was pregnant alone. I was living a bit far from my family and I I was happy to be pregnant because I, I, guess, I guess it was a strong desire I had to have children. But at the same time, I was wounded because... Um, the man that was supposed to be with me um, I, I don't think like he, he went off with another woman I think during the pregnancy uh, anyway all of that was pretty um, hurtful and uh, so it was not it was a very tough experience for me from the beginning and uh, yeah deeply hurtful yeah, yeah. That, that would be such a impossible thing to to carry on your own did you feel the support of your of your family when they did find out yes my that's amazing because my mom my sisters have always been very welcoming and they were so happy when for me mm-hmm. uh, no matter the situation they were really happy and they were re- willing to help like for my moving, my sister, my little sister, Anne, she helped me to move uh, twice, actually, because I moved uh, one time before my birth and one time 10 days after birth because of the relationship. Yeah, so um, I needed help then and they pitched in, even my brothers, my brothers helped me move and they were, they were there, yeah. And my mom was there too. Yeah. 
so at at the at the time that you needed most, they came through for you. Yeah, they yeah. sure did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they sure did. And, and I guess now to to go back from childhood pain to today's pain, and and the Holy Spirit revealing, giving insight in into areas that we can be healed. Um, I I see right away it brings emotion to you. What, what 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 is it stirring in your heart? What are you thinking? Um, I don't know. I just believe that the only one who can heal me is the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And he's been working through people through the years. And still is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Amen. And and I think he, he, the Holy Spirit reveals it in the right doses at the right time. Like I think we get little insights, and it's, it's what we can deal with at that time, in a way, you know. Yeah, I've, um, I believe so. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, we have the pleasure of of being in the same parish, and we get to see each other at times, and. Um, I see your demeanor, like during mass and stuff. That um, I see you at peace, you know. So I'm, I'm thinking, what are what are the what are the areas that give you strength to keep going in your journey? Well, I think um, <laughs> that's a tough question. <laughs> it's okay. I think honestly, I. I was talking to a friend this morning and uh, I told him how important uh, confession is for me. Um, that's... Sorry, did you, you say consecration? No, confession. Oh, confession. Okay, yeah, sorry. I think uh, sacraments, mm-hmm. like Mass. Yeah. It's been really uh, helpful for me to to keep going to church. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a source of, of healing. It is. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. It is true. And I, I like to share it with everyone because um, people pay very expensive for a psychologist. <laughs> and I do. I see one too. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think a confession is very good for your uh, mental health. Wow. And from I, I believe that one should run to confession if you have the chance to because that's my experience not everybody would agree some people say oh that can wait but it's like keeping your garbage you know in the house and it stinks right but i think it's good to just get them out and it's 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 there so and i think one thing i like to tell about the church is that jesus is he welcomes us as sinners like he's not judging he's not thinking oh what a big nasty sin or you're not good anymore or like all of these things is, is not true is or or you you did it again you know i'm so disappointed no like i think he's always arms wide open and waiting for us to to go back and for me that's what i believe um God is uh, is mercy and and love. So I I just want to share that because 
I'm not sure if even the Christian understand that sometimes. No, we think we do forget. We do forget. And, <laughs> and you've said it so eloquently, like, run, run to him. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I know one time we had a chat and you were talking about your beautiful and complex family. And, um, and even though like they've caused you pain, like all families do, and you talked about trying to remember the positive and how do you do this? And also you, you mentioned about if you stay in the injury, it's like unforgiveness. I don't know if you remember telling me that, but I found those two very powerful concepts. So how do you remember the positive and, and not yeah. stay in injury? I think, um, okay, that's mm -hmm. a hard question, but I've been doing the studying the 12 steps of, uh, you know, the program. For, for AA, for... For Al-Anon, Al which okay. is family members of alcoholics. Okay. And I think, um, well, some woman said once that um, the purpose of the steps were the forgiveness. Hmm. Uh, but I think I, I I just think it's hard to forgive. Like I can't wake up a morning and say I forgive, and uh, that's it. I th I think I still ha hold on to a lot of things um, because when I talk about it, it stirs up so many emotions. Like uh, about my dad, for example. I don't know if your father left or he was asked to leave, but um, well, how did that impact you? My mom left him. Uh, we were, I was five or six. I was in kindergarten. I know, um, I remember telling my mom, um, I'm happy you did the right choice because... It was just the hard living there was dark and violent. But then uh, I had a, I think I blocked something. I was young and I had a post-traumatic stress. I'm pretty sure I wasn't diagnosed then, but I had um, recurring nightmares and headaches, um, migraines. Uh, and it followed me through my childhood. And then in teenage years, it became more like depression. But uh, I think uh, it, 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 it was just my, I don't know, my dad. Um, I, I didn't talk to him a lot in teenage years, but I had a friend when I was 21. He said, why don't you talk to your dad? And then I said, I don't know. And he said, why don't you call him and have a coffee with him? So we started to meet every month because I was living downtown. And we would have this coffee. And at first I put a limit of one hour and then we would have the coffee. And we built a nice relationship because I learned to know the good side of him. Um... To love him, because I think I'm allowed to love him, even though he's a, 
he's done bad things, but I think we don't have to be the judge of him. And um, something that's been helpful for me is the Bible, because some verses spoke to me about anger. And it said that if you hold on to anger or grudge, this is not love. And um, I don't really know yet <laughs> the way to forgiveness, but I think it's uh, it's to look at myself, I think, to see um, that I've been also angry, not forgiving. And it's the only way out. Uh, well, and yeah. But I, but I sure think that I have to also recognize the hurt that has been done by by him also because he was not only abusive physically but he, there was sexual abuse in the family, so it was pretty hurtful, and that's something people don't talk about in the family. So it's uh, hidden and. Uh, for me, it was just uh, like a shame, like carrying a shame. And uh, I don't know if that's... Uh, Thank you for your vulnerability, for your sharing. And yeah, it's very, very hard, painful. Um, so we've been talking a bit about your dad and, and that process and... And then you've had relationships after that with, with other men. Um, I guess we've, we've talked a bit of before about a void, a feeling of void in your heart. Can you? Yeah. Can you, can you maybe tap into that a little bit? And Well, I think I didn't know I, have, I had a void in my heart. It was, I think, especially after having my daughter, it was more like I was in soldier mode doing what I had to do. Um, Surviving day to day. Day to day, survival. It was like, you got to pay the bills, you got to be strong. But all the emotions, my heart was closed, actually. I think my heart was closed somehow. You, You buried a lot of your personal needs and just did the work. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I was also trying to save many people, <laughs> okay, and not yeah, myself, myself, but um, so a, a bit like the pattern in your family. Yeah, yeah, you're the one that recognized the others' needs. You still, you still have that pattern in your life. Yeah, it's, at, at uh, some yeah. point, um, some point, you became aware because of the situation. You became aware of a void inside of you. Yeah, I. Finally, not long ago, I, my heart was open. And uh, I think it's a friendship or love that opened it up. And non-judgmental also, because I think I felt a lot of shame since I was a single mom. And I thought, everybody's judging me. Um, I'm such a, you know, such a loser, you know, all the thoughts like I I ruined my life and it, yeah I was pretty tough on myself I think mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm still I am but um 
my heart was yeah was kind of closed and then started opening and uh i think opening up i felt a void inside of my heart like i it an ache mm. and some pain that i could feel very deeply like this pain i i still feel it now but i think before that it was numb or or closed so I think it's a grace that I could feel it now and I believe that now I understand when people talk about love because before that I thought what is love but my heart was closed but I think when I spoke to a priest not long ago and he said do you pray and I said not really I just can't you know thoughts run in my head I can't stop to pray and he said just read the gospel mm. and I read I started but I understood that it's a loving relationship like you'd speak with a friend or with God and he's he loves you he loves me and I love him and I can tell him I love you and it's not easy for me to open up because I think well I'll you know all that I said before <laughs> But I think that's the way that, yeah, that I'm learning now that this void cannot be filled with any, you know, any drugs or uh, pleasures or uh, relationships or sex or I think those roads uh, are not filling um, what the heart really needs. And I think it needs love. Basically, it's not that complicated. I, I think, I think part of what you're saying is it's this void has been a bit of a gift to see it. Yeah, I think it's it was unexpected, hmm. and I didn't know it was there. But I heard some people talking about it, like mm -hmm. uh, Christopher West, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, okay, that's what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel it now. But before that. Um, no, I. Maybe somebody could have said I. A bit cold, <laughs> but I'm not cold. But I, I couldn't feel. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's just. I don't know if you remember. Um, so we have uh, we had a, a. A priest, Father Brennan, who yeah. led many of our retreats, and at one point you told me something that he told you. Do you remember that? Yes. Uh... That might be a good time to mention it. <laughs> Yeah, Father Brennan's very nice, and one day we were sitting uh, in the camp and beside the water, and he he said to me that I should perhaps look at myself the way God looks at me. Um, not so much thinking about what people think about me or judge me, but to learn to see myself the way God sees me. Is that is that coming along in your life? Because I'm, I'm thinking that the erosion in your childhood of, of your value and um, and then the journey through your adulthood and um, it's it's hard to, to see ourselves reflected in in God's eyes, but I think such a beautiful call. Yeah, I think that's the I'm learning that uh, 
a friend of mine said uh, it's funny like I tried she said I tried opening different doors in my life like you know relationships or success or work or um, people's approval when there's one door I never dared to go it's it's the love mm. and when she said that I thought yeah I think that's right and you, you could relate to that yeah because okay. I thought in God she said God doesn't answer you the way you think let him do the way he he does mm. and sometimes walking outside and I think I, I start with gratitude and thanking him and then I, I, I could listen to him and to what he's going to tell me. Hmm. Like that. So we were talking um, about void, about seeing yourself as God sees you. And you've obviously come from a, a broken relationship. Um, I think at one point you're talking about holding on to the fantasy of something potentially happening between your daughter's father and yourself and how did that impact you yeah definitely I was I mean I think uh, it's called grief <laughs> grief but uh, it takes a long time to accept and uh, hope is very strong you can hold on to hope for many years but I think it's not good because I was seeing the past as something beautiful and missing all the the abuse. And uh, I think it's not real. Um, the truth is it was destructive and uh, I was holding on to something destructive. So I guess sometimes... Um, Life has to be hard enough on me to make me open my eyes. <laughs> so when he was actually in that other relationship, then uh, I, I think I just, uh, I was hurt in the beginning, but at the same time, I felt free. And I think I started to, to understand that I was in a, I started to understand how to get out of that because it's hard to get out of an abusive relationship mm. um, unless you meet other people or I think for me it's been good to work and meet people mm. and it's been good to yeah I don't know just pray and sometimes take leap of faith and meet people I, I don't know I think it's just um, very destructive to stay there I think, I think yeah. you're saying to, to, to hold on to a fantasy that that it, it um, wasn't real it wasn't love yeah. it wasn't love there was not any love there um, and I just wonder sometimes why I thought it was love mm -hmm. but maybe because of my past mm -hmm. And that's what I learned in my childhood. So I think it's just, uh, I was just, maybe I needed to go through that somehow to learn. But at one point, mm, it's good to move on. And 
I guess make, I guess it's free myself, but it takes time and yeah, it just takes time. But to stay there is, is lying to myself, mm. I think. And because mm. um, I was still living like pretending that we were a family in my head, but mm. there was not any reality in that. So I think uh, that's, you know, that's, yeah, I think that's what the, it's hard to separate and accept, but I think it's good. Walking in truth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it does take time yeah. sometimes to yeah. realize that. And I'm, and I'm still like, but, but I feel way more freer. It's like if, for example, some, um, I had something in my eyes, mm. it was removed. Mm. And scales. now I see, yeah, scales yeah. falling down mm -hmm. because I, And now I, I can realize the, the, the reality. Mm -hmm. And I think before that, I thought I was in the reality. I, I thought mm -hmm. it was like with my own strength, I could bring him back. And I mm -hmm. thought with my own love, he would change. Or, mm -hmm. But it, it's, not, it's not like that. Yeah. Um, so I talked about you at the beginning, hardworking. And I'm just thinking of of everything that you've done, obviously a 12-step program, confession, uh, connecting with your dad again. And it's like a process that you've gone through. It's not just waiting for change. You've actively sought healing in your life. And I really, I really respect that in you, that you've, you've done that way. And um, I guess I was just thinking about... Um, like for a message for other mothers of single mothers of, for hope and encouragement um, who, who maybe be just beginning a journey with, with their, their child. Yeah. Um, I, I think I can say you are loved. Um, It's not easy, um, but your your mother, I, th I think, it's a blessing to be a mother, and um, nothing is uh, ever out of reach for God. Like everything can be uh, redeemed, I think, and restored, and uh, any story. I think there is there is hope. That's what I want to say. That the there is hope, and you're not alone. Like I think it makes it made me a stronger person, a stronger woman, and more aware of my value. And I think sometimes Lord use you know he use our sins or our bad roads. To bring a, to I don't know how it says it to bring a better, better outcome. He uses our, you know, our, it's not like we haven't been perfect, so we deserve a bad life. I don't think it's like that. I think he's got a way, and 
Because I don't, I wouldn't be doing the podcast if I <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> so I don't know why, but I, I need to go through this experience. Yeah. So we're very, very grateful for your vulnerability, for your um, honesty. <laughs> you talked about experiencing shame and in your life, and I'm wondering, is that something that was put on you, or did you just carry that? Because um, I guess when I see you, you carry yourself with such grace and shame. <laughs> I think uh, I think I took, uh, I might have taken a burden on me that is not mine. Mm -hmm. Like it happens a lot in the cases of abuse, I think. Mm -hmm. Like you feel shame, but you're not the abuser. So the shame should be on the abuser's side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But somehow, I think I took on some shame, a great load of shame. Mm -hmm. A great load of shame? Yeah. Wow. Are you, so this is about healing. Are you, are you, are you healed, being healed? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> so. healed yet. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know, like it says, uh, you know, Jesus said, if you ask something, you believe you received it. So I asked so many times for healing that I believe that I've already received it somehow because I, I know I'm in this process of healing. And when you're in it, it's like you're... Yeah, I think it's it's fear also that keeps me from, you know, keeps us from asking for help sometimes asking for prayer asking because um isolation doesn't help so it's just trusting that some people love me i think it's hard to trust that mm -hmm. um and and it's uh, like going to momentum for me is is a way to heal is a way to, so can, to can you explain that to people who don't know momentum is it yeah it's uh, actually, it's a group of women who are single mothers for all various reasons. And I think they all come, like we all come there to help each other. And I've never seen such a nice, uh, nice community because there is no judgment there. It's just love. I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's it's what it's needed. And because uh, I think sometimes when we are wounded, we can, some people get scared or I don't know. But uh, I don't feel that there. Like everybody's, everybody's, you know, because when you're a single mom, it shows. It shows in your face, like you have the children, so you can't hide your problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not like you're doing something hidden, but you. Everybody knows uh, you went through something. Your story. Yeah. So you, but that that's what made me more real, I think. And yeah, maybe that's my my journey to healing. That's through. Uh, this path of motherhood and it's not the way I intended but I believe 
I have to accept that and and yeah and uh maybe I could share like one little thing sure when I was pregnant <laughs> um I I read a um it was a like a poem I think yeah I read this poem and it said something like when you have change in your life and you it's like you're on a river and you you turn and you take the turn and you accept that you accept to take the turn with fate so that's when your life can be transformed when you say yes mm. to the change in your life and mm. to life like mm -hmm. for me the big change was having a daughter mm -hmm. it was very rough to go through everything yeah. alone but i took this 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 road and i believe and after that i like i got a new job when i got my daughter i got a job as a teacher which was the first time i got a job in my field and i had you know finished school many years before so i believe i was blessed and abundantly blessed uh, because of that turn in my life yeah. which i think yeah so i, th I always think about it uh, like that god god providing yeah okay, beautiful <laughs> so we're at the end do you want to say a prayer or a thought uh, uh, maybe a prayer okay let's do a prayer lord uh, jesus thank you for being close to each one of us thank you because you're always beside all of us all of the mothers you stand beside us and you're always the best friend mm -hmm. we can have i want to ask you for a blessing for any woman listening to this podcast or men um, to bless their lives and to to bring healing in the wounds and I ask you Lord to come into their lives so that um, they can find more freedom and more happiness in the name of Jesus Amen Amen, Amen. Thank you so much, Alice. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining our podcast today. If you're a single mother and would like to know more information about Momentum, please visit our website at MomentumMothers.org. God bless, and see you next time on the Catholic Single Mothers Podcast.